This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, aren't you glad tonight that Jesus is Lord? Huh? Come on now. Praise God, the King is coming. You know, uh, the Gaithers recorded that song like a gazillion years ago, and I remember it. <laughs> the King is coming, hallelujah. And uh, you know, what, a, what an anthem for the believer, the child of God, the church, to know that Jesus is coming again, just as he said. Hallelujah. The angel testified to that. This same Jesus, which you've seen taken up in heaven, will return in like manner. So thank God he's coming. Glory to God. You happy for that? Yes. Amen. What a promise. Amen. Well, it's good to see all of you tonight. Glad you're here. We're going to get into the Word of God. It's going to be good. You're going to get blessed. Hallelujah. You might have your toes stepped on a little bit, but that's good. You know, it hurts good, right? And uh, thanks for your excitement about that last statement. I could just tell that was just beaming with all kinds of enthusiasm. I owe Reed uh, Hauser uh, an apology this evening, because last week when we were together, I, uh, I asked what uh, Philippians 10.19 says. And I'm telling you right now, he couldn't pull that rabbit out of his hat if his life depended on it, because there is no Philippians 10. How many of you remember that? Yeah, I, I had some problems, you know. I mean, uh, thank God that's behind me. I was talking about, I wanted to talk about Elijah, and instead I was talking about Isaiah. I listened to myself. I don't, have you ever listened to yourself? It's not that much fun. And, but I was going through this thing, and I thought, holy cow, I made all kind of mistakes here. So read. No problem, buddy. Uh, that was never going to happen no matter what. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it was good, and uh, I'm delighted that you guys were there and uh, that you're here tonight. So let's open our Bibles to Numbers chapter 23, if you can find that opening in your Bibles. Numbers chapter 23. We're going to, again, talk about taking God at His Word, and uh, hallelujah. I'm grateful for his living word. Changed my life, changed uh, our, our marriage, our family, everything. Of course, we got saved before we got married, but I tell you what, it set us on a course, and we are ever grateful for what it is that he's done. Hallelujah. And thank God he's not finished, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, it's onward and upward with Jesus, and he has more for all of us if we're willing to walk with him. So let's go ahead and pray together, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you this evening. Father, again, we're so grateful that we have the opportunity this evening to break bread together. Hallelujah. To look into the perfect law of liberty and the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. And as we come before you tonight, Father, again, we just thank you for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe. And Father, as we look into the Word of God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost, the one whom you've sent, Father, yes, to bring or bear witness to your Word within our heart. I thank you for the revelation knowledge of your Word, that there would be those kind of aha moments within our hearts about the reality of what it is that you promised, what you've said, and what it is that we need to do. And so we just thank you again tonight for this privilege to gather in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God. Notice with me, if you would, <clears throat> we're going to take a look at a number of different scriptures here this evening um, to substantiate this idea of taking God at his word. Because at the end of the day, everyone, listen, when you decide that you're going to believe God in an appropriate biblical kind of way, your life changes. Hallelujah. And it changes for the good. It brings great grace upon our lives. And of course, there are hindrances, there are challenges that are associated with that. But you know, as you strengthen your resolve each and every time you come and hear the Word of God, each and every time you humble yourself before the Lord and say, God, help me, each and every time you do that, God is working within us to bring about His plan, His purpose. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to understand that. Notice with me, if you would here, Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? 
I want to read that one more time, and I really want you to think about what's being said here. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Hallelujah. I love that. This was, uh, this was actually uh, in the story, if you have a chance to read it sometime, had to do with Balaam and uh, how Balak was the, uh, he was actually the king of the Moabites, I think, at the time. Moabites, Camelites, uh, there was a bunch of ites, and I think he was the king of Moab. <laughs> I got to be careful. I might go someplace where, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, he was a king and he, and he looked upon Israel because Israel had laid waste to the Amalekites. And he was actually the king of Moab now. And, and understanding this, he was the king of Moab and he looked upon what was going on. He said, man, if, if, if I don't get some help here, we're going to be in trouble. So he wanted essentially to hire Balaam to curse Israel. And uh, Balaam, you know, he just said, nah, I can't do that, man. You can't curse what God has blessed. How many of you know you're blessed? The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, so that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles. Hallelujah. So you're blessed whether you realize it or not. Hallelujah. But anyway, so in the context of all of this, you know, he was wanting, you know, he's literally wanted to give him all kinds of things. And, and Balaam said, I can't do it, man. I mean, can't. And, and there was a lot to this story, which, again, you can read. But then in the context of it, he said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He said, hath he, hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that when God says something, that's it. That's the end of it. Okay? Now, we may not have all the, the facts or we may not have all the understanding that we need, but the reality is, is that God's word is absolutely true. Now, again, back to uh, Philippians ten nineteen, actually 4, 19, the Bible says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you'll often, you know, people will argue the point and they say, well, I know a lot of Christians, a lot of good Christians, a lot of people that love God, love Jesus and all of that, but their needs aren't being met. Well, <clears throat> I understand that. And you know, I went through a lot of things in my life where my needs weren't being met either, but it was essentially because I didn't understand or didn't have an understanding of what it is that needed to be applied in my life in order for the blessing of God to come on my life. Are you listening to me? And so, of course, you know, there are those things where sometimes as we're being led, we're learning, there's lessons that are being learned, uh, different things of that nature. There are character issues that need to be changed in our lives. Come on now, you know, and God wants to bring us into a land that flows with milk and honey, but we have to do it his way. So we can never, never say that God's word is not true because it's, it is, it is absolutely true. Now I used another scripture in Jeremiah chapter one and verse 11, when the Lord, uh, word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and asked him, what do you see? And he said, I see a rod or I see a branch of an almond tree. And then he said, then the Lord said to me, you have well seen for I will hasten my word or watch over my word to perform it. And I made reference to the fact that the almond tree is the first tree that buds within the spring and everything else is dormant. Everything looks as though it's asleep or it is, you know, not dead, but asleep. Nothing's happening. And so what he was pointing out to him was, is that even when things look like in your life that nothing's going right or nothing is going in the right direction or, you know, it doesn't seem like things are, you know, going to come to pass, that God is at work and he will bring forth, hallelujah, what it is that he promised in your life. You just have to stay the course. Amen. Somebody was telling me, um, I don't know where I heard this story. 
Um, maybe you can help me. I don't remember. But it was, it was about these little kids, and they each planted. Maybe it was this, Jen, where, you, where your kids planted these things, and you found out the third one was digging it up? That wasn't you, was it? No, okay. Do you remember that? Maybe somebody was telling me a story where their kids, they all went and planted beans. Oh, I know who it was. It was Willie George. It was his boys and, and one daughter. And what happened was is they, they had bought these little, you know, it was kind of a uh, thing that happened in Sunday school. And they brought them home. They had this little pot. You know, each one of them had it. And they had planted a seed in there. And they were watering them and different things of that nature, you know. And, and uh, so over a period of time, you know, nothing seemed to be happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, two out of the three started to sprout and started to grow, you know, and they were coming up really good. But the third one, and I can't remember who it was, if it was Gabe's or whatever, but the problem as they come to find out was is that about every day or so, Gabe was in there digging around in the dirt trying to see what the, what's the deal, how come, how come mine's not growing? You know, in other words, instead of allowing nature to do what it does, you know, he was going to, you know, he couldn't figure out or wouldn't, he didn't want to wait, let's put it that way. I think that's true of our lives sometimes. You know, we don't see that things are going the right direction or whatever, but listen, God is faithful. He is faithful. And so it's important for us to stand. It's important for us to stay the course. It's important for us to believe, to go on believing. Hallelujah. Because again, that's where the, the blessing of God is. And then another scripture, Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11, actually verse 11, it says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereunto I have sent it. God has sent his word to us, amen, to heal us, to deliver us, to help us, to bless us, to, to bring whatever it is that we have need of within our lives, his word, hallelujah. So in talking about taking his word or taking God at his word, you know, many of you have already, you've witnessed that in your own personal lives. You, you chose to believe God's word when it came to salvation, that if you would repent and call on the name of the Lord, you could be saved. And you've experienced that. Many of you, same true with, you know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, the scriptures make it clear that there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Now, we don't have time to get into what that's, why that's important, but Jesus did tell his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And, and a, lot of, a lot of times, the reason people, you know, they don't get filled with the Holy Ghost because they don't have faith for it. Okay? I mean, it's just that simple. Whatever the hang-up is, I mean, I remember when I was first approached about being baptized in the Holy Ghost, I didn't have faith for it. But the guy was determined, by golly, I was going to get filled with the Holy Ghost whether I liked it or not. Well, you know, it's a reality. You know, it just never did manifest itself at that moment. But I did search the scriptures for three days. I mean, ferociously. And I come to the conclusion that in, that in fact, there was an experience called the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the child of God in the New Testament with the evidence speaking with other tongues. And thank God I've been doing it ever since. Hallelujah. And so it's important for us to understand uh, these types of things. It may be uh, that you've experienced or had an encounter where healing is concerned or where the need for peace is concerned or where prosperity is concerned. All of these different kinds of things you have as a result of your believing the word of God, God has moved within your life supernaturally. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? And he's still the same supernatural God right now as he was back then. Glory to God. So uh, the er listen to this. Uh, I, I was thinking about this, but listen, you know, the earnest desire, I mean, the, the, the most um, compelling desire of your heavenly father is that you would learn to trust him. It's, it's something that is so dear because you know, when you trust him, it blesses him. Are you listening to me? Of course, you know, when we don't, uh, I'm sure it's disappointing, but thank God we can step back and take another run at it, amen? Uh, there's a scripture I wanna share with you in Deuteronomy 5 and 29. And, and, and you can just hear the yearning and the heart of our father in this verse. He says, oh, that there was such an heart in them that they would fear me 
and keep all my commandments always, listen, that it might be well with them. And that they, well, not only them, but their children forever. Let's read it again. Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me, reverence me, regard me, esteem me, recognize that what I say is true, and keep all my commandments always, again, so that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Jesus I don't know if you could say he re-echoed the same kind of thing, but, but the, the, the heartfelt nature, you know, remember when he was talking to his disciples about his departure and they were all knotted up about it. They, they didn't understand what he was saying or why it is that it was, he had to go away, all of these different kinds of things. And, and uh, Philip made the statement. He said, you know, just show us the Father and we'll, we'll be satisfied. And he said, well, you know, and I think there was a, a, a part of Jesus that was a little bit, you know, I wouldn't say caught off guard, but it was like, are you really? You know, you've been with me all this time and have you not known me? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And then he went on in this uh, context and he said, believest thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. And then and notice this, he says, believe me. And, and I can hear the heart of Jesus, believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father's in me, or else believe it for the very work's sake all that you've seen and witnessed of me. So I, I wanna just again come back to this important point that, that God's word is absolute truth. It's absolute, okay? In other words, you know, I could say it this way, there, there really is no debate. The word is true. Now you and I may not understand it, we might not have a, a real grip on whatever, but, but the reality is, is that his word is true. So whatever he says, you know, whatever it is that he's promised, he will bring it to pass in your life. You may not understand. There's a lot of things in our lives, you know, Jonah and I were, we haven't always understood it, but we still held to what he said. And we believed him, hallelujah. Because, you know, you're always gonna have battles. You're always gonna have to, you know, fight the good fight of faith. There's gonna be things that, that come to contradict and, and, and to withstand the truth of God's word. And you just gotta have to say, listen, I don't care. I'm gonna believe what God said and he will bring it to pass, hallelujah. And that's really what honors him, amen? When we trust him, huh? And so it's important for us just to do that. But again, there's really no debate. I mean, people can say and reason however they want, and they sure enough do. You know, religion and different things, they've taken the power of God out of the gospel. Yeah, well, that was for back then, it's not for us today. Well, who said that? There's nothing in the scriptures that say that. And yet somehow or another, we've come to believe these things. And really what it is, is it's, it's just made the word of God, you know, powerless in their lives. So, you know, uh, um, <laughs> um, we see it everywhere. I mean, you, you try to challenge people to believe the word of God, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Form without power. It, it does nothing. We have all kinds of churches, you know, all kinds of edifices that all over the country that have been built. I mean, some of them are awe-inspiring. You know, we went on a motorcycle ride for a few days and we're driving through all these, you know, little hamlets and towns and whatever. And dude, I mean, the biggest thing in the whole city was the church. Well, okay, hallelujah, thank God for that. But how many of you know there's gotta be life in that church or it really doesn't matter? So it's important for us to understand, again, these things. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must first believe that he is, and he is. You know, well, I don't believe in God. You know, you got atheists, you got agnostics, you got all these different, you know, kinds of things and this and that and the other. And all you got to do is look around in nature for just a little bit, and you can come to know that there has to be a God in heaven. Are you listening to me? And yet again, so many times people will, you know, reason away the truth of the gospel and miss out on the blessing of God. Hallelujah. So thank God we can trust him. Can you say amen? So he said, 
He that comes to God must again believe that he is or that he exists and that he is a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. rewarder. He's a rewarder. Oh, that there was such an heart in them that they would believe me, keep my commandments and do those things always, that it may be well with him. How many of you know God wants it to be well with you? You know, when I first got saved, that, that's not what I thought, you know, God's agenda was because I had come up in an environment, you know, that was, you know, God was an austere judge and, you know, if I get out of line, man, bam, here it comes. Well, then all of a sudden I began to read the word and I thought, you know, that's not true at all. This is what's true. He's come to bless me as a result of the sending of his son. He wants it to be well with me. And he said, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So let's ask ourselves, what does that mean, you know, to diligently seek him? I would like to suggest to you, there's a lot of different ways you might define that, but I'd like to suggest to you this evening that it's discovering and understanding what the will of the Lord is. In other words, God, I'm gonna get in the book, let the book get in me, I'm gonna discover and I'm gonna come to understand your will for my life. It can't come from any other place. Now, people may assist you, you know, like the preacher gets up and preaches, but I mean, at the end of the day, the Word of God, the living Word, has to become a part of our lives. And in so doing, then it, it's, it's almost like it becomes like an insulator. Hallelujah, you know? And, and what's important is, is when the Scripture says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, it wants you to be full, not empty, my father-in-law used to say that the tank runs on the top half just as well as it does the bottom. Well, you know, when you ain't got a lot of money, a lot of times the bottom is where it's running most of the time. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, you know? And, and so God wants us to be full. And then that way, when an assault or an attack or something someone says or whatever comes your way, you, you, you've, 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 you've built something within you to where it can take the hit and say, no, that's not what the Bible says at all. No, that's not the way God wants me to act. No, that's not what I'm going to be saying when it comes to this situation or that. You know, <clears throat> because there's, there's negativism everywhere you look around us in our lives. So if we, if we just keep ourselves full of the Word of God, then praise God, we've got something that we can answer that with. Hallelujah. The truth is what sets people free. Jesus dealt with it all the time. I mean, this guy lived in a negative environment with the people attacking him and assaulting him and all of the different things that came his way, and yet, thank God, he was able to withstand it all. Aren't you glad for that? Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So <clears throat> it's discovering and, and understanding what the will of the Lord is, and we can do that. Now, that's a great example because a lot of people have been misled, misguided, you know, with the idea that you can't always know the will of God. That is such a doctrine of the devil. That is such a lie. Because the Bible says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He wouldn't obligate or require that of you if you couldn't know. Huh? So we can. Hallelujah. And it may, de may, may take a little searching, may, may take a little digging, you know, to find out what the will of the Lord is, but thank God we can, and his will is discovered in the word of God. You know, I remember uh, Brother Hagin, he was our spiritual father, and he said, you know, if anything, if, if things, you know, within my life aren't going right, I start changing. Huh? If things aren't going in the direction that they should, I start changing. You know, a lot of times, you know, in, in Christians' lives, if things aren't going right, they blame someone with me? Well, we don't need to blame anybody. We just need to get down to it and find out what in the world's going on. Here's a scripture, Isaiah 14, 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn saying, surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass. And as I have purposed, so it shall stand. Aren't you glad the psalmist said the Lord is on my side? I'm telling you, he's on your side. He's for you. He's not your enemy. Praise God. He is your greatest 
cheerleader, your greatest ally, your greatest blessing, because praise God. So how do we get to that place, you know, where we unequivocally, I mean, how do we get to the place where we unequivocally or definitely, um, how would I say that, um, undeniably, explicitly get to the place where we trust the word of our Heavenly Father. Well, the first thing I'd like to suggest, there might be many, but one of them is you're gonna have to learn or decide, however you wanna put it, make the decision to put the word of God first place, okay? It has to be the absolute in your life. Now again, there's things you're gonna experience in your life that you don't understand, it's okay. There are a lot of things you know that the disciples didn't understand, people didn't, you know, Mary, you know, when the angel came and said, you're going to have a, a, a child, and, and she said, well, how can these things be? I don't know, man. And so he explained. He said, this is what's going to happen. Holy Ghost is going to come on you. Yeah. And so she said, okay, be it unto me according to your huh? word. Be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So when he said he wants to bless your life, bless your home, bless your family, bless your kids, bless your marriage, bless your whatever, that's in, that is in fact exactly what it is that he wants to do. So the, now, because we know that, then there has to be an application. Everybody say, do it, do it. on our part. In other words, he want, this is what we've come to know. Now, now, Lord, what is our part in doing that? You know, I can say I love my wife. But what do I do, you know? It's like the guy, when he got married, you know, he said, I love you, you know? And then about 30 years later, you know, they were talking to you, when, have you ever t told your wife you love you? He said, well, I told her when we was married, if it changes, I'll let her know. Well, you know, you can tell your wife or your husband that you love them frequently, huh? Right? So in other words, I, you know, I could say, well, I love you, baby, but I don't ever do anything for you, so I, I hope you're happy. It's like last night, she had um, her, uh, the bicycle rack on the back of her car. Well, when she does that and she goes to town, then it's kind of sticking out there and it makes her mindful of it, maybe kind of bothers her or whatever. I said, do you want me to take that off? And uh, she said, yeah. I said, well, I'll take it off, you know, the next day. And she just smiled, you know. She just kind of, you know, she just smiled like, okay, yeah, like whenever, but I'm, you know, tra I'm doing my thing and it would really be nice if you take it off now. So what did I do? I went out in the garage and took it off. Why? Because I, I love her. And if that's what she wants, then that's what we do. Amen. Amen. There, thank you. Hallelujah. That's right. You know, um, anyway. I don't know how come I get off on that, but anyway, hallelujah. We have to learn to put his word first. So that means not what we want, but he, what he wants, okay? Not what we want, but what he wants. You know, God is not somebody's sugar daddy, you know. Uh, so you ask yourself, when you put the word first, we say, what does the Bible say about my situation? I've got this issue, I've got this problem, I've got something that I'm dealing with. I gotta go to the Word, and I gotta find out what the Bible has to say. I got a, uh, uh, <clears throat> a difficult relationship that I really can't get out of, <laughs> okay? So, so what do I do? You know, well, the Bible does talk about forbearing one another, putting up with one another, huh? That's what, that's what forbearing is. It's, it's tolerating, it's putting up with, it's, you know, we're not perfect. God knows we're not perfect. You know, you get around somebody for very long and you're gonna find out a lot of things. But you still have to ask yourself, what does the Bible say? What's my responsibility in this? And this is what I'm gonna do, huh? Are you with me? And that's important because a, a lot of the conversation within our um, circles, if you wanna call it that, uh, revolves around believing for our needs. And, and certainly, we have needs. How many, of you, how many of you have needs? We have needs. So most of the conversation or, or the thought life or, or, or thought patterns tend to go that direction, you know, because this is where we live. We've got this stuff going on, so we want to know, you know, what it is that we need to know. But what we should be talking about is, are we obeying God? 
you know? Are we doing what it is that, that he, because I think you'll discover that if you're doing what he asks you to do, your needs will take care of themselves, okay? And, and please don't mistake what I'm saying there. I'm not saying that your needs aren't being met because you aren't doing what you need to do. That may be the case, but don't go there. You know, that, that's like chasing your tail. But you understand, listen, this is my priority. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to do what it is he asked me to do. And, and I'm just going to trust him for the rest of it, you know, to come to pass. So, you know, it's kind of like having faith for things or faith towards God. Huh? You know, you want to be the big faith person, you know, for things. And we talk about this, that, and the other. And that's all well and good. But there's another aspect of faith called, you know, obeying him and having faith towards God. And it's fundamental. If you look in Hebrews chapter 6, it's one of the fundamental things of having faith towards God. So, so um, <clears throat> I think a lot of times when it comes, we're talking about taking God at his word, right? He says something, we're going to do it. All right, so we're going to make that application when he says, put away lying, no more lying. No more white lies, black lies, gray lies, no lies. Okay, no more lying, no shucking and jiving. The Bible says to provide things honest in the sight of all men. If you don't do that, you can't get blessed with me. You know, and it talks about, you know, putting away anger and different things. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, in other words, get to think fixed before nightfall. That's my paraphrase. You know, and, and so these are some of those things. So, so I think the stick point, if you understand what I mean by that, is it, for many is movement, action. What am I doing? Because God's word, we all agreed, is true. And we can take him at his word. So it still has to come back to us Again, what am I doing, you know, where, where my life is concerned? You know, I mentioned the thing about loving my wife, but what am I doing? And that's what faith is. It's, it's acting on what it is that he said. And so, so, so when we don't, you know, you ask yourself the question, why don't we do that? I mean, why, why aren't we doing what we need to? I'm going to give you three things, may not be the only three, but here's, here's about three things to think about when we ask ourselves, why don't we act? You know, I mean, we, we have his word. Why don't we act? Well, number one, it's probably because we don't believe it. Okay? No, listen, listen. <laughs> no condemnation. Don't get all heavy, heavy hanging over my head on me here. I'm just giving you some ideas. Okay? Maybe we just don't believe it. Okay? That's okay. Let's, let's change that. Okay, uh, uh, secondly, maybe we're just missing an essential part of understanding our situation. And I think as believers, in many cases, that is so very true. It's just, we have presumptions, we have assumptions, and we think certain things that we just, we haven't, we haven't broke through to having a clear understanding. You know, are you... Would you agree with that? Because I know there's a lot of stuff in my life, you know, I ended up going without because I didn't understand. My, my heart was right, but my head was wrong. Are you with me? And so it's that renewing of the mind and getting ourselves situated. And then the third thought that I have here is, is we just don't want to be doing, we just don't want to do what is required. Hallelujah. Amen. Now keep us smiling because like I said, we're, we're, just, we're just talking here. Hallelujah that we're just, we just don't want to do it. We don't, we, you know, I don't want to love my life. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, for whatever reason you don't want to. But again, you know, when, when we don't, it, when there isn't movement, when there's no action, when we're not doing it, then, then we don't get the kind of result that we really want. And the, the only thing you can do is go back to the fork and road and say, hey, I missed it here. I need to you know, submit, I need to repent, I need to uh, humble myself, you know, all those kind of great things that sometimes our flesh and whatnot don't want to. So ask yourself the question, you know, <clears throat> if, if we're talking about this, how is it that you are going to push through these areas in your life? How are you going to push things forward? Okay, well, you know, that's just it. I've been praying 
And, you know, God's not doing anything. Well, thank God for prayer. Prayer is valid. But sometimes it's like, this is not a prayer issue. This is an obedience issue. Huh? And you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, but until you obey. Come on now. Keep us smiling. Everybody say it together. I love Pastor Mike. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, amen. How am I going to push things forward, make it grow, become greater, affect a change? Look at this scripture. Turn to Exodus chapter 14 real quick. Just back up in, in, in the story of the nation of Israel. In Exodus chapter 14, you know, Moses has got this motley crew that he's, you know, trying to get to a place, a land that flows with milk and honey, and it, it's, it's a challenge. And you'll notice here in, in chapter uh, 14, um, um, look at verse 11. This is when um, they were up against the Red Sea and, and Pharaoh and the Egyptians were, they had them hemmed in, penned in. In verse 11, it says, Moses, uh, they, they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have led us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you uh, dealt with us uh, this way to carry us forth out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you when we were in Egypt, saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. You talk about a fatalist bunch of outfits. They had no faith. Whenever they got into a hardship or in difficulty or in trouble, they whined like you cannot believe, okay? So what am I saying to you? Well, child of God, you're bigger than that, you're better than that, and you know more than that. So when we get into a difficult place, God is not our problem, he's our answer, and he's got a solution to whatever it is that you and I are facing, hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? So anyway, in the context of this, for the sake of time, Moses then said to the people in 13, don't, don't fear, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he's going to show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see them again no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? We sing it all the time. God is fighting for us. Angela will lead us in that. God is fighting for us. Hallelujah. He's on our side. And this scripture right here says, again in 14, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall uh, hold your peace. In other words, shut up. Huh? And then in verse 15, it says, and the Lord said unto Moses, why are you crying to me? Huh? Speak to the children of Israel and that they go, what? Forward. Go for, tell the people, the New Living Translation says this, tell the people to get moving. Tell them to get moving. Well, you know, if you're a person like we are, you know, you're looking at your situation, you go, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to move? How am I supposed to, I don't know what I'm supposed, I can't see it. But you know, there is always something that God has that you have in your hand that you can use to move you forward if you'll just look for it and figure it out. Huh? He said, tell them to get moving. Tell them to move forward. You know, and and that's part of that whole seeking thing. God, I know that you're on my side. I know that your word is true. I know that you will provide for all of my needs. God, what is it that I need to be doing? Huh? And he'll speak to you. He'll tell you. Hallelujah. And he'll show you the way in which you, how many of you believe that tonight? Amen. So there has to be, there has to be movement where our lives are concerned. God brings his word to pass as a matter of this process we've talked about. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. What are the first six words of the King James? Verse 1. Deuteronomy 28, you say, well, I don't know. Well, Julia's going to put it up here. Just a moment. Dun, 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 dun. 
What's those first six words? It will what? And it shall come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. We're talking about believing in the process that God has where our lives are concerned, amen? We want it now. God, don't you know, I'm in a crisis here. Uh, you're late. Well, God's never late. <laughs> we, we may not be very smart, but he's never late. Are you listening to me? But he did say, it will come to pass. So what does that mean? It's gonna be a process that he's working with in our life. Are you gonna be faithful? Are you gonna stay the course? Are you gonna be a doer of the word? Are you gonna stay in the boat? What, what are you gonna do here? Because the decision is yours. It's not, it's not anybody else's. I'm staying in the boat. I'm gonna follow God. I'm gonna live for him until my last breath and then I'm going home to be with Jesus, amen. And I'm gonna trust him, I'm gonna believe him. And I'm not going to get tied up in all this nonsense, you know, that people so often get into, you know, and fuss and fight. I won't, any, I won't allow any root of bitterness get into my heart. I won't allow, I will not allow unforgiveness to take hold in any area of my life. It is not an option. Are you listening to me? And that's where you got to get. You say, well, I'm, 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 I'm not there. Well, then get there. Make a decision. Use your will. And say, you know what? I am not going to be a slave to this anger that's in my heart. I'm not going to be a slave to the unforgiveness that I harbor. I am not going to be a slave to these kinds of, I am not going to live my life this way. Because you don't have to. It's your choice. It's your choice. You know? And yeah, you may have to fight the good fight of faith. You might have to tell the devil repeatedly that he's not going to have a place in your life. You may have to resist him in the name of Jesus knowing that the same uh, afflictions are accomplishing your brethren in the world, but it's your decision. God, how come you're not helping me? He is, he has, and he will. But he needs your movement forward into what it is that he has planned for you, and so you have to take that place and you have to do it. He said, it shall come to pass that if you diligently, uh, or if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Is that gonna happen in a day? Is it gonna happen in a week? Is it gonna happen in a month? Is it gonna happen in a year? No, my wife and I, we've been at this for 40 some odd years. It's getting better, hallelujah. But we had to believe, are you with me? And thank God we did, oh thank God, thank God, thank God. I was in a biker bar on this trip, and um, you say, well, what are you doing in a biker bar anyway? Because they had Chicago hot dogs there, and I wanted one, <laughs> you know? And so um, we walked into this place, and we had our hot dogs, and, and everything about it was just, um, um, I mean, it was a business, and this place was rocking. I mean, you know, I mean, they had their business model going, you know, that type of thing. So there's people everywhere and doing everything. But I look at things, and I see, I see it from a completely different perspective. And when I walked out of there, I was with Jeff Straczynski. I walked out of there. I said, oh, I'm so thankful that I am redeemed, that I got delivered, that Jesus saved me. Because, you know, everything you look at is just death. It, there's no life in it. They don't know any more than what they know. They're just trying to squeeze a little something or whatever out of life that they can. So they don't know. But I'm telling you, everything about it was like, it was just that. It was just death, you know. And um, so whenever I get into a situation like that or, or see something like that, I just pause and I say, Father, I am so glad that you delivered my life and made me who I am, amen. It pays to obey God, you guys. And I know sometimes it's hard, it's not easy. 
You know, when you and your husband or spouse or whoever, wife, are, are having to make decisions, sometimes it's not easy. When you're parenting, when you're raising your kids and you're ch- going through uh, challenging times with them or, you know, this, that, or the other, whatever it is, they're, all of these things, they're, 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 they're not easy. But listen, God is true and he is faithful and he will do it and it will come to pass. Now, if we had time, we could go ahead and read uh, a lot more of these verses, but you can do it for yourself because the next 14 verses or 13 are awesome. Amen? But it will, he said, come to pass where our lives are concerned. So, um, we take the high road. Everybody say the high road. We take the high road because that's who we are. Okay, and, 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 and really, that's what he's asked you to do. Are you with me? Sometimes people will come against you. Uh, people will say things, and, and you want to retaliate. Have any of you ever been in a situation like that? Did you have a few choice words that you'd like to tell them? Well, now you're faced with a decision. Are you going to yield to that or are you going to take the high road and bless them because the bible says jesus said bless them that curse you pray for them to despitefully use you huh come on does that sound like fun well i can tell you this much about it you guys they need it more than you know so as much as it may be difficult the thing about it is is that god has made you a new creation that's who you are And that's what he's asked you to do. So you can do it, praise God. And I admonish you, I exhort you, I encourage you, do it. Take the high road. Don't get mad. Don't, don't, um, you know, get upset about this, that, or the other, or the whatever. You say, well, I, I just can't do that. Sure you can. You just don't think you can. You don't believe you can. But you can. Are you with me? If, 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 if. If my wife and I had not chosen to, to live by these principles in our lives, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't have made it. We would have, I would have got a stick of dynamite and I would have taken care of a bunch of things. Are you with me? Yeah. But we chose not to do that. You know, we chose to walk in love. People say stuff about you. You know, and they don't know you. They don't know anything about you. They don't know what's going on in your life. They think they do, but they don't. You know, you may have that in relationships where your family is concerned. You know, whether it's immediate or extended. You know, people are making all kinds of statements about you. They don't know you. Are you with me? So come on, take the high road and just say, you know what? Let's just forgive them and go on. Let's pray for them. Let's believe God for them. Because they need it. Huh? Not that you don't, but they, in fact, really do. So praise God. We'll just take the high road and, and, uh, because that's what he asks us to do. Don't ever despise the day of small beginning. Zechariah 4 and 10 makes a statement, for who has despised the day of small things? You know, uh, a lot of times when these things are going on in our lives, we, we want to start halfway up the ladder. Well, that's not the way it works unless you've got a serious vertical jump. No, you start at the bottom. You work your way up. Say, thank God, baby. We're in this together. We're on our move. We're moving. And God is going to do some amazing things in our lives because we trust in him. Can you say amen? Amen. Think about, and I'll close with this, but just think about, read in the context of what I've shared with you tonight, read some of the stories about David, about Joseph, about Moses, about all of these people who really had small beginnings you know, especially David, you know, and there are others, you know, I mean, they, they started with nothing and they, I mean, from a natural standpoint, um, their future wasn't that bright. He was number eight. Joseph was number eight, you know, long ways down the family tree, you know, and it usually starts at the top and works its way down. But look, look what God did. Why? Because of their heart. 
you know, and he began to change things. Now, understand this too, on your road to the place where God wants to take you, you're gonna face challenges. Did David face any challenges? I mean, he served Saul with all of his heart, and I mean, he went out and did great exploits for this guy, and he was all in where Saul was concerned. When he had opportunity to take his life, he said, I'll never touch God's anointed. Think about that. I mean, in that cave of Adullam, when they were in there, when the, when the king decided to spend the night in there and David was clear back in the back, all of the guys around him said, hey, Betty, God has given him into your hands. Huh? I mean, everyone around him was cheering him on to take his life. He says, I will never do that. And he wept when David and Jonathan, or when Saul and Jonathan died in battle. Are you with me? That's, that's magnanimity, you guys. That's, that's, that's character. That's, that's, that's taking the high road where your life is concerned. And so God continued to promote the guy, and, and it did not look like, did you hear me? It didn't look like he was going to, you know, even though Samuel had anointed him to be the king of Israel, it didn't look like it. He actually made the statement, I think, to Jonathan. You can find it in the Scripture. He says, I'm going to perish one day at the hand of Saul. Isn't that in there? Yeah, I believe it is. You know, it was just a discouraging time for him. How many of you ever been discouraged? <laughs> we all have. Absolutely. But I tell you what, listen, God is true to his word. He brought him out. Joseph, same way. God gave this kid a dream, and he probably, I don't know if it was just he was naive or whatever, but when he told his folks and he told his brothers, it didn't go over good, you know? But listen, before it was over with, they were doing exactly what it is that he had dreamt. But there was so many things that guy went through to get there. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Sure you can. Greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. You can do all things through him that strengthens you. You can make it. You can do it. You can do the right thing. You can overcome. You can live better. You can live greater. You can live as, as God would have you to, and, and that is the plan that he has for you. So don't ever quit, don't ever give up, don't ever say no, don't ever say I can't, just say glory to God, another opportunity for God to show himself strong in my behalf. Amen? Let's stand, everybody. I gotta quit. Hallelujah. It's eight o'clock. <clears throat> Lord, we love you, and we're so grateful for every promise you've made to us. Help us, Father, to trust you. And not only that, Father God, but know that we can take you at your word and that you will bring your promises to pass in our lives, whether it be for healing, whether it be for the resources that we need, whether it be for the peace that we need in our hearts, whether it be for our marriages, whether it be for our family, our kids, our children. God, we thank you tonight that every word of God is true. Hallelujah. And we trust you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I trust you tonight. As difficult as it might be, I believe in you. I believe your word. And I believe that it will come to pass, just as you said in my life. Thank you, Lord, for showing me, for revealing to me, for strengthening me for giving me what I need. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life. Lord, I pray your blessing on every person here this evening. God, we thank you so very much. We even pray for those that are watching online and those that couldn't be with us. Oh, Father God, help them not to cast away their confidence because, Father, there is a recompense of reward that comes to those who trust in you. And so we just thank you for your blessing. Guide us in our giving tonight, Father. We thank you for the church and what it is you've raised up for us. And we thank you for your blessing in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Praise God. You may be seated.